everybody, welcome back to another episode of Starta. I'm your host, Jordan Taylor, and today I have with me a guest that I am super, 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 super stoked to have on the show, on the podcast. Uh, her name is Jess Kutork. Am, am, am I pronouncing that? Is it Kutork? You're the closest one. It's technically a silent C, but honestly, Kutork sounds cooler. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? It's one of those things I really pride myself on getting the pronunciation of people's names right so how is it supposed to be pronounced technically it's couture it's the most round it's just the c is in there for some reason it's french um so it's a silent c oh okay okay as as a french speaker i probably should have known that couture. <laughs> okay. okay cool jess thank you so much for joining the show uh the 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 podcast today i'm like so excited to talk to you we've we've interacted quite a bit um, just through Instagram, YouTube, uh, through your, your podcast that you're coming out. Maybe we'll get into that in a little bit, but, uh, I think this is our first time actually speaking, if I'm not mistaken. It's always been through, like, I've seen your videos on YouTube, but yeah, this is like all, it's so funny. I think nowadays with everything being online, you know, I see like your fancy camera, I've got the gamer headset. (laughs) Um, but no, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, I, I, I really, I want to, and then like I mentioned to you just before we started recording, um, I'm going to do like a nice intro bio, uh, for you leading up into today's episode, but there's, I feel like there's quite a few hats that you wear, right. From the, uh, from the branding strategist to the uh, partnerships at Teachable to just being all about online courses and, 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 and that kind of stuff. What, what, what would you, how would you describe who you are slash what you do in like a couple sentences? Honestly, this is like the million dollar question that I've been trying to get right. And it's, there are so many hats and it's interesting that I found, and I don't know if you found this as well, or people who have uh, different passions, but each thing that I've done seems to support the other thing. Like there's all these different skill sets that seem so separate, but for some reason um, actually help you do the current thing that you're focused on. Um, So I would say like, definitely like I'm a brand strategist and with my work at Teachable doing partnerships, um, it really is also a form of brand strategy because the goal really isn't, I mean, over the past few months, we've been seeing a rise in people creating content online, creating courses and businesses. And the goal is to expand the, not just brand awareness of Teachable, but also the category awareness of like, what is an online creator? And like, who could fit into this category? Who could be a great candidate to share their message online? And so while they seem like they're two separate things, they're very much uh, aligned to kind of get that message out there, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, no, I, and I think I think it's great too because, like you said, there there are so many people. Particularly, I'm finding a lot of people in this online business space who we have we have not just one passion, right? Or we have not one uh, skill set. And it's, it's, it's a thing that I think a lot of people maybe don't realize how they can kind of amalgamate that and kind of combine it into one thing. Like to, to, for example, right. I'm someone who I really love video or like the production side of things, audio recording, uh, video. Um, 
but I'm super fascinated with the whole building a brand thing. And it's like kind of combining that as well. Right. Like, yes, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, especially too, because content marketing seems to be such, such, such an efficient way to market, um, any kind of business online that they kind of go hand in hand. For sure. And, and I think that like when we have this type of conversation, I think people think that it's, you have to be 100% everything. But I, I think for me, I see it as like a recipe of my focus right now is this. And like for you with like video and branding, those very much come hand in hand, but it doesn't mean that you have to be a film producer as well as a uh, full-time content creator, but you can use the skill sets and the things that you learn in both of those things to help you create like memorable content. I mean, your videos are obviously like very high quality. Um, and it's just interesting because everyone has like those different pieces that they're like, hang on. I used to like be really into like music and actually this could help me find like my intro song for my podcast or I, there's, there's a lot there. Um, and it's, it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. So now for those uh, watching who maybe aren't familiar with um, you and everything that you do. So how did you go from, and, and I, I, I ask people this all the time, you know, I, I, as someone who does a lot of like kind of internal reflecting and stuff, I, I kind of look at, okay, how did I go from super dorky kid who just was like really into video and stuff to now helping people build businesses online, right? And um, amongst a few other things, um, so for you, like, what did that journey look like to go from, you know, kid with big dreams about whatever, you know, I, I know you have spoken about, um, doing dancing since you were what, three, I want to say. Yeah and, yeah. and to go from, so, you know, uh, kid who's really into dancing amongst, I'm sure what is a vast array of other things to now being, you know, uh, online business podcasting royalty, if you will. Uh, so like, what, what is like, what does that journey look like for you? Yeah. I mean, if you really want to dive into like the multi-passionate, it's not just like brand strategy and like partnerships. It's yeah, it goes, it goes back. Um, but yeah, I, I've been dancing. Um, my mom was a professional ballet dancer. She was my teacher growing up. Uh, and I actually, so growing up, I, while I danced, I, kind of had like a side passion when I was around like 10 to 12 years old and we got our first computer. Uh, and that was when we started seeing rises in like virtual pet websites like Neopets. And mm. I, you know, would have dance after school, but I would equally, when I'd come home, I remember waking up Saturday mornings and asking my mom and dad if I could like play on the computer in the morning. Um, I started playing on this set, on this site called Neopets. And one of the elements of that is that if you wanted to customize your pet's page, you had to learn this code. And I mean, I didn't really know what computer coding was. And so I thought, oh, this is just a game. You learn this line of code, you add it in, you change the background uh, and it's brilliant. And I'm sure there's so much more of that now, but that is what introduced me into HTML and then later CSS. And what I found is that as I was getting older, I had these two distinct passions. One was dance and performing. The other was like, coding and design and graphics design and video. And so I didn't really, I, I think it wasn't until I was like grade 12, I was like, I want to at least give my 
chance at being a dancer, like an opportunity. I want to see what happens here. But in the meantime, making websites for all my dancer friends for their portfolios. And so those two passions very much still stayed hand in hand. Um, and then, I mean, there's a lot in the story, so I'll, I'll keep it uh, short. No, but... by all means, go go into it. We could, we could do a long form. I'll get it. <laughs> uh, Joe Rogan style, no. Um, and I, I, I basically, so I, I danced professionally. I toured with Princess Cruise Lines. Um, I did the 2010 Olympic ceremonies and after the cruise lines, though, I remember being at home back, you know, with my parents or with my mom, and I felt like I needed to give this passion around computers another chance. And so I got a certificate in digital media. Um, fast forward this journey a little bit. Uh, I moved to Australia to do the working holiday visa, and uh, I found that all of these different jobs that I was doing, I was still either doing graphics design or I was still using some of like my branding or web design skills. And then finally, um, I was 23 and I was like, maybe I should like teach people how to do this. Maybe I should teach. And in this case, it was entrepreneurs how to make their own websites. And very quickly saw that there was a demand for people wanting to not pay you know, $5,000 starting for a website. They wanted to do something more on their own. Um, mm. And so I started to build like a, a brand and content around that topic. And then it was, oh, what year was it? It was a couple of years after that. I did a video pitch to be on uh, Pat Flynn's podcast. A few people shared it. The CEO of Teachable saw it, sent me a message uh, and was like, hey, how would you like to live in New York for a bit? And yeah. And then I ended up being at Teachable, but it, it's funny because when they first reached out, I was like, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to work for another company. This is not, um, but it, one, it was like 14, 15 people. And there's just something about when I met them, the mission, we were so much aligned with what we were doing that I was like, just something felt right. And I guess the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I, I remember uh, when I had when I was just getting into uh, kind of creating what is now Starta, like the actual brand, uh, which I did. If you were to tell me even five years ago that I'd be into like the business world, like entrepreneurial online business kind of stuff, I would have said, absolutely not. That's way too like business corporate oriented for me. I was, I, I've always been in the creative audio and video production space. Like that's always been what I've been passionate about. And now I'm arguably almost more passionate about stuff like this just because I, I, and I, you know, I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I took a course um, by Jump Cut, the guys at Jump Cut. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, with Kong and Jesse, and the, it, it just totally shifted how, like, the what this can do for people, right? And making an online course, selling your knowledge, uh, selling your information, selling your experience, um, potentially an infinite number of times to an infinite number of people, a way for you to make a living in what your passion is, um, in a 
in a way that you can grow income almost disproportionately in a good way. Um, and so when I was starting start at, and I was just, you know, I was making my Instagram and I was following different people and I was kind of doing a little bit of market research and seeing, okay, what's, who are kind of the big players in this online business space? And I came across Teachable and was really kind of blown away with what everything that they were doing. This was maybe, maybe about two-ish years ago or so. Mm. And, and then saw you in, involved in everything that you were doing. And I think the other thing that really uh, just kind of drew me to you as someone in this space is the fact that it, it, was, seeing, it was seeing another young person thriving in this space. Um, now, I mean, for all I know, I, I mean, I don't know how old you are, bro. I know maybe you're 60 years old. I don't know. Maybe you just look really youthful. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, th I think it, 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 was, it was very empowering to me to see a young person really thriving in the space and, you know, with all the different accolades, right, with um, being in uh, Forbes and just fe featured featured on all these different platforms and i was like wow isn't it amazing how in the online space it's it's not strictly about having fifty thousand degrees and 30 years of experience in order to find some kind of success i mean i guess success is is subjective but you know um seeing and, th and then finding out that you're canadian as well and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing uh so like what do you think about your your journey into this industry um like you know you mentioned that you had been kind of passionate about some of the coding and graphic and website design stuff since you were young but in terms of actually starting to move around in this space, what, um, like, like what are your thoughts on kind of what you've been able to accomplish in even say the last, we'll say what, five, 10 years, maybe five. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I actually think, so there's a few different things that I think have helped. Uh, one is the, so, and maybe this comes from like my, my dancing background, but the, the mentality and the thing that you learn when you're, in, especially if you're a competitive dancer, as in like you go to competitions, not just your mindset, um, is <laughs> yes. that it's very much a, if you're like fully in it, it's like uh, how you're going to do something, not if. And like right. when you go into auditions, people don't, unless you get to a very high level, but you, you, people don't call you and they say, hey, do you want to um, perform in this? You have to search, you have to go and audition and put yourself out there. And I think, I think when it was when I first started, um, I saw all of these like entrepreneurs that everyone seemed to be featured in Forbes. Everyone seemed to be featured in like all these different places. And I found myself kind of forgetting that mindset of like, I wonder if I could just find, like, who did they talk to? Or is there an editor that I need to reach out to? Or mm. what is, what's like something I could do to stand out, which you very much have to do in auditions. You have to wear like the brightest colors or you have to find a way to stand out. And I think this is applicable to everything, but specifically in the online space, 
one of the most exciting things about it is that the playing field is level. There is no middleman. There is no agent that you have to get signed with. There is no record label that has to sign you to produce your content. Um, and so it's up to you to find out, well, how am I going to be different from the millions of other people that are there? And so I think with that mindset, what really helped, at least in the past five years, is just the like, okay, how can I do this? So for press, I mean, I I have done video pitches like more than people know. Not They're not all public. There's a lot of them that I, I just kind of do uh, private DMs or email. Yeah. Um, but it's been incredibly helpful because people haven't seen it before, or it's a little bit different, or it seems a bit unique, and there is time involved. Um, and I think like that, honestly, whether it's video pitching to like get on, like be featured on Forbes, or if it's video pitching to connect with someone like Elisa Nichols, it's for people that are like listening right now, it's kind of thinking of like, what can I do that is different? What can I do that will catch someone's attention in like a, a positive way? Uh, to get to the place that I want to get to versus just waiting or feeling like you have to follow this blueprint step-by-step step that you've seen someone else do if it doesn't feel like that's going to be the right fit for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head of the, this online space or this industry at, as Booming as it is right now, it's still fairly new in comparison to, you know, maybe some other industries. And I, th I think it's, you're exactly right where it's that there, there isn't necessarily a blueprint. And due to stuff, even just like social media, like having direct, you know, arguably direct access to pretty much any and everybody now is, is, kind of it's kind of you know um groundbreaking in a sense that like like you said there, there is there isn't necessarily that middleman of of oh well you have to do this in order to get to there it's like there's there's almost no rules you can kind of carve your own path in a way mm -hmm. it's yeah and i i don't think we've ever been in a time like it, like the industry is new and i i know that they're oh well, like new as in relatively speaking like yes. if we we're talking about the radio it would be a little bit different but <laughs> right. um the thing i think that we need to remember is that people are people and uh, actually one of the most like one of the best pieces of advice that i ever received was from uh uh he's a creator his name is benny lewis and uh, i remember he came to like one of our like he, he was on teachable and like we've met a, a few times and we're friends now but um we were having a conversation around uh he had this like twitch hoodie you know like for, for gaming i know we were joking yeah. about gaming earlier on today <laughs> yeah uh, and it's like, oh, like, are you, you're like a, a Twitcher now. And he was like, oh, well, <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, I'm actually looking. He's like, people don't seem to notice that people who are on Twitch or who are live streaming, like gaming, their engagement rate and their live, like show up rate for how long people are watching live is unheard of. You go to someone's Facebook Live, how long are they staying? They're not staying for an hour. They're not staying for two hours. And so he was looking at what people were doing in this industry to see, like, can I take something from this and move it on to my, and like for him, he has live streams around how to learn a language. Mm. Two separate things. Right. Um, but when he said that, I was like, 
it's such an important point to remember that people are people and that the things that are resonating over here with people watching gaming, there are pieces you can take from that. When you launch a new online product, a launch is a launch, similar to a book launch, similar to a movie premiere. There's so many things that you can look for in other industries that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are things that have been proven, but they're new to your industry. And you have a new way to facilitate that, that I think really does help people stand out in this space as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's, um, honestly, this, this is, and this is probably the reason why I'm, I'm just as, if not more passionate about this space, as opposed to say, just making YouTube videos just for entertainment. Not that there isn't value in that because there's still a huge space for that. Um, or just making music say just for, you know, just for fun. It's that kind of being able to, you know, provide something different that, that, that not everybody else is doing. And, and I like what you said about, um, so you said his name is Benny. Yeah. Benny Lewis, Irish polygot is his handle. I think. Okay, cool. Uh, so with what you were saying, Benny was saying was kind of taking something that works over here and applying it over here in a way that maybe isn't being done or, you know, people maybe haven't quite thought of in this particular context. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's super powerful. The, the one thing I, I'm curious about, because I know I experienced this in my personal life uh, a little less now just because the online space is kind of um, becoming more and more popular and more and more people are getting open to the idea of online courses, the like specifically just because um, everything that's going on in the world right now, um, health-wise and stuff, and a lot of more people are working remotely. Um, do, did you ever, do you or did you ever find yourself um, talking with your friends about kind of this stuff and having them look at you like online courses? What is that? What's the deal with that? Who's, who, why would I go and learn something online? Did, like, have you ever felt yourself kind of chit-chatting with friends and then having them look like, look at you like you're a little bit weird or is that just me? So funny. I mean, this, this is the nature of what I do every day is trying to raise the, the category awareness of like what online courses are. Um, I, I think, I don't know if I, I, I had people look at me funny, but I think it's like by the time that I started talking about it, people kind of saw what I was doing or like I had a little bit behind me to be like one, cause I could make my own website. They could see that it was like an official thing. It wasn't just like a, an idea or I was the only one talking about this, but um, I do see this definitely in just different conversations or like if I'm now that I'm, I'm back home uh, because we're working remote until the end of the year and speaking to people just around our small town and them asking like, Hey, like, what do you do? Like, what's the space like? Um, they're definitely, I, I think there's a little bit less doubt now than there was maybe even four years ago, just because mm. it, like it, being a YouTuber is a thing. It's kids don't want to be actors now. They want to be YouTubers. So yeah. there is that credibility there now, but I think, um, 
I think the confusion and even even people in this space that are already like online entrepreneurs, it's the, okay, so you have to teach people how to make money. Like everyone has their kind of, these are the topics that you teach to make money or there's like the internet marketers that are a little bit salesy or scammy. Um, and so there's definitely been some interesting conversations, but luckily we are seeing so many more people that come from like farming backgrounds and dance backgrounds and like all these different industries that are yeah. adding in their voice and their message into this that I think is just raising up the entire um, space as a whole. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, w- one of uh, my previous guests on the show, uh, um, which the episode probably would have come out by the time people are watching this, um, but it hasn't come out yet, is, um, so one of my previous guests, uh, his name is Jeff Fulkerson, and he is a jewelry maker. And so he makes all different types of pieces of jewelry, um, anything from like bracelets, rings, you know, um, other that there's even like a thing where it, it's it would be the the piece that goes into a wine once you've opened it and it's like oh that's re- awesome yeah he makes he makes just ridiculously amazing stuff super talented guy and I actually met him um, because I I was offering or I still am offering video editing services on Fiverr and he ended up reaching out we were working together and he then told me what he was using these videos for. And he, and this happened just before, you know, all of the, you know, um, virus stuff started happening. And he was selling these videos as courses on his website. And they were maybe 25 minutes long um, because he realized that uh, he, you know, he could reach more people across the globe by selling them basically what he would teach in a class by putting that into a video format and then selling it online. And then, you know, after a while he had dozens of of video courses and then he opened up a membership site, um, also selling those, those videos as well. And this is, and he's a guy who he's from, well, I guess you would say maybe like the generation before ours or two generations before ours, but he, he's, he's an older guy who you don't, I feel like you don't see as many people who are a little bit older doing this, let alone someone who's in arguably what would be considered a trade, right? Mm. In this online space, as opposed to, I'm going to teach you how to, you know, you know, uh, you know whether it's stuff like you or I talk about like website design or brand strategy or how to create content or how to sell a course or whatever it is, he's was teaching, here's how to make some jewelry, right? Which is something which is a little less common probably in this space. But to your point, it's, it's you know, we're seeing more and more people from all different walks of life and all different industries being able to take advantage of this space for what it is right now. I think, yeah. And it's like, it's growing this community that you didn't realize was there. It's very similar to, I don't know if any of you or if you spend any time on Reddit, I spend a little bit too much time. <laughs> uh, there's so much niche, like uh, so many niche subreddits of topics that you didn't even think were things. Like there's a subreddit specifically for people who enjoy drinking water and like 
it's just the most random things. And there's so many people on these. Um, but when it comes to this space, like there's a woman, she's my favorite example and I will use her forever. Um, is that she, her name is Deborah Neiman. She has in one of her courses, over 3000 people. And the topic is copper deficiency in goats. Over 3000 people she's built in goats. And she is not like an isolated case. There's so many people who have these passions that maybe they weren't aware of that there were so many other people that cared about it, that were searching for this thing. And as soon as she releases this content, thousands of people have been Googling for these specific topics, see her courses, see her content. And they're like, oh, there's like resources here. There's other people who are also interested in this topic. And I mean, I think that's such an awesome thing. No, it's it, it's so amazing. First of all, copper deficiency in goats is the, I wouldn't even have thought to put those into a sentence together, let alone right. that there would be thousands of people who are engaged in something like that. Something so, what I would imagine will be pretty niche, right? Um, it, it's, it's funny because when I made... Um, when I first made the very first episode of this podcast, I made it basically about um, the idea that there's arguably, I was trying to make the argument that there's nothing that, uh, there's no interest that would only apply to one person in the world. That almost anything that you could find interesting, guaranteed there's probably at least a handful of people um, even if it's like you said, 3,000, which in the grand scheme of things is, might be considered to be small, but that could be a very, very um, huge audience. Um, and basically that like there, there's nothing that only you are interested in. <laughs> and I, I, in, in, that, in that episode, I used the example of um, recycling, like just being passionate about recycling. Right. And I made the example of, oh, you can make a PDF guide on which uh, items go into which thing. This goes in the trash. This goes in the recycling. This goes in the compost. And it's something that I'm, I know that people Google that all the time. And by people, I mean me. Um, <laughs> right. So and so to hear you say something like that, it, it just kind of echoes the fact that you don't need to, and then this goes to anybody watching, you don't have to be into um, just the most popular topics that people are teaching about or talking about. It, you can be interested in pretty much anything that you could possibly imagine, and there is going to be an audience for it. There is going to be a way to market it. For sure. And, and I think like building off on that, there, like one of the first concepts that I was introduced to around um, growing an audience and growing a business online or just in general is Kevin Kelly's A Thousand True Fans. And it's an excellent blog post. I highly recommend it. But yeah, and it's really just this this concept that you really only need a thousand true fans paying you a hundred dollars a month to have a sustainable business. But even further, I had a conversation with uh, Lee Jin, who she's a GP at Atelier now. Um, she used to be at A16Z uh, and she dubbed the term the passion economy. And 
what she wrote now is that her model is actually a hundred true fans and that she's seen this trend in this industry that um, people are willing to pay more than you would like you would think. And it doesn't have to be a bunch of people paying you a hundred dollars. You can actually get people paying you more and having a smaller audience. And um, she wrote a whole blog post about it. I highly recommend, um, I think it's just called hundred true fans Legion, but it's just such an interesting perspective of like, we're now seeing this trend where it's not the people with the largest audiences that are necessarily successful. I mean, you see that in how many uh, Instagram influencers have come out with merch and no one buys. Like there's so many layers to what makes people connect with you, what makes people want to invest in your products. Um, And you don't need to have this huge audience to be successful. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far and are finding it valuable. If you're curious on how to create content like this or any kind of video content, either for yourself or as a service to others, I want to give you access to my video editing course, Editing Enhanced. This course is designed to help you get better at editing video content and to take your video editing skills to the next level. Whether you're a complete beginner and just need to understand the basics, or you're pretty confident with editing and want to take things up a notch, this course will have lots for you to take advantage of. Now, there may or may not be a discount code in the description and show notes for this episode, so be sure to have a look out for that and head on over to starta.ca slash editing enhanced to get access to the course. Now, let's get back to the rest of this episode. I've definitely read about the thousand true fans. The hundred true fans, it's very interesting because I feel like a lot of people who maybe are new to learning about this stuff a thousand still seems like a large number whereas a hundred seems a lot more attainable you know it's a hundred i feel like is a number that people can even if you have no background in social media and that you can fathom a hundred people right you probably have maybe a hundred acquaintances right that, so you could, I feel like that's a, a number, even that alone, like it's a lot more fathomable for people. So I'll, I'll have to be sure to link to that uh, blog article down below. Um, there, I wanted to kind of get into uh, two things. One, um, your work with Teachable. And two, I also wanted to get into the podcast that you're putting together. Um, so with Teachable, one thing that I found myself listening to, it's, it's probably my go-to listen whenever I have to do the horrible task that is folding my laundry, is uh, <laughs> I listen to the Everything is Teachable podcast. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> yes, and, and I know you've been on there, and first of all, you definitely have, like, you're like the the penultimate podcast host, in my opinion. Um, oh, I, I, wait, I'm going to stop you there. It's actually not even me. Um, I take, like, very, very flattered. It's actually Melissa Guller. Um, is it? That's what oh, makes okay. me so happy. Yeah, I think it's, I, I, there's been, like, pe- people confuse her voices sometimes. Um, yeah, she is oh, incredible. Okay. I'm going to tell her you said that because you're going to make her day. <laughs> <laughs> so have, have you ever, um, so have you been on the podcast at all? I haven't. No. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm an avid listener, uh, longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, duly noted. Um, well, it is a good podcast, though. I will yeah, say. So. <laughs> no, it's 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 phenomenal. There, there's a lot of people on there. Um, 
So in an effort to backtrack and put this back on a track where I'm a little bit more accurate, um, what, what, what is it, what is your role in the Teachable universe? Because I know I've seen you on some of the webinars with, uh, with Pat Flynn. So what, what would you say that your role is or your scope of what you do over at Teachable? Yeah, no, great question. So uh, I'm the head of partnerships there and really like in a nutshell, um, like when we first started that, I mean, the goal still is one, increasing our brand awareness. So working with different brands and creators and um, finding spaces where we can support, uh, you know, whether that is like you may have heard us on different podcasts, you may have heard us um, at different conferences, but really it's just finding a way for more people to understand how this online course creation online knowledge sharing space works and um from the very beginning i mean we were doing what you're probably thinking of too is our, our summits um we have been doing summits f before everyone started moving online and doing online conferences and mm -hmm. what started off as like very small kind of gatherings where we you know have a couple thousand people and we would talk about online courses and business have it's just blown into this like huge event that we do now twice a year. Uh, our biggest one was just, just happened now actually in the fall. And really that is a space that we've been doing where we bring in different speakers and creators and we facilitate these online events where people can learn not just about online course creation, but very much the like business building aspect, finances, uh, audience building, like all these different things. And so you know, outside of the webinars we've done with Pat Flynn, he's come in and he's been a speaker. We do panels. Um, and it's just, it's so neat to see how every single year it just grows. And I mean, now at Teachable, we also have coaching. So people can sell coaching yes. through Teachable. And so now it's even expanded even more where it's not just the, like, I have to sit down and create content, but I can actually go through my content live. It, you know, when we say coaching, it's really just either you're a certified coach or you do sessions that are like one-on-one -on -one with a student or a customer. Um, but yeah. And the crazy thing is it's, I feel like we're still at like the beginning of where this space is headed, but um, yeah. yeah, in a nutshell without getting, I mean, I can go into like everything that we're <laughs> working on. Um, but really the broad picture is the, um, partnering with different brands and creators and expanding what people see in the space. Gotcha. So, so now, um, just cause I do find a lot of these platforms very, very, very fascinating. Um, so teachable for anybody who is looking into kind of getting into this online space So teachable allows you to, um, create and host your online course. And as well now that they've added uh, coaching as well. Yeah, and it's. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, yeah, that's spot on. Um, and really, it's not just courses. It's like any type of like digital product, like content. It could be eBooks. People do memberships. People do um, even live video, like the will embed their YouTube live. There's comments there. Um, it's we started off with like this goal of it just being courses, but of course, as more people join, they're like, can I do this? Can I do like a monthly membership? And then they start doing that. And so, um, but yeah, in a nutshell, it's like to host and sell your digital courses or content and, um, in your coaching. 
That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, the other thing I wanted to dive into because I, I've been on a couple of these calls with you as well is the, if we can chat about it, uh, the podcast that you were putting together yourself, the one that you're actually on, not just the one that I thought you were on, the one that you're actually <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> happens all the time. It's okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Tell, 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 tell me a little bit about that and, and what you're kind of putting together and what you have planned for that. For sure. Yeah. It's so this idea kind of started as, and I don't know if you have felt this, but I, I know when I first stepped into this online space, um, I was in a, I joined a business course, an online business course. Um, and there was a Facebook group as part of this course. And it, what I started to notice was that everyone seemed to be making six figures in their first year. Mm. And I was, I, I, I had these personal goals for my business, things that I thought would be like incredible if I achieved them in my first year. And I started to like hit those goals and things were going like better than I thought they would. Cause I assumed as everyone knows that business is a marathon, not a sprint, you know, it takes time to kind of um, get things to grow. And I was really excited with my progress and then I looked online and everyone was making six figures and I was like, oh, like maybe I should be kind of embarrassed about my, like, I'm actually not doing very well at all. Like I haven't made six figures in the first six months of launching a product. Um, and then as I've kind of grown in this space and I've been in different, um, like I've spoken to different creators, I've, I've seen like both sides of it also in like the back end of being with creators here at Teachable. And what I've noticed is that there's so much that people don't talk about. And it's not just people who are trying to um, seem like they're successful and they're like faking it. It's also just people just don't share their numbers. And what I started to see was that, you know, people who are posting their successful launches were not considering like payment plans. They were considering everything all in one go. Uh, they weren't accounting for Facebook ads. You know, they're spending $100,000 in Facebook ads to make $200,000, you know, like there, there is so much that wasn't there. And so what I wanted to do, and I, I've seen this happen with uh, the Money Diaries with Glamour, Refire29 does something similar. And I was thinking, I was like, what if there was a, like some type of space that was like Money Diaries, but for entrepreneurs? And mm -hmm. so... That's what the show has evolved into. I'm really, really excited now to be working with um, producer Jason DeFilippo, who's worked on some really incredible shows. Um, because, I mean, obviously with everything that I'm doing, I've found very quickly that I think all creators can relate to this. When you want to put something out into the world, you want it to be great and to like do your vision justice. And sometimes you need to ask for help and get people to yeah. support you. Um, but yeah, so the show is very much money diaries for entrepreneurs and um, lifting up the curtain on not just the income that they're making, but what do their expenses look like? What does their debt look like? Investments, if they've received financial support from family or inheritance or friends, like trying to just paint the full picture of all the different entrepreneurs um, that they're out there. Some people are going to be doing it anonymously because obviously money is not something that we always talk about publicly. And a lot of people's yeah. brands rely on people thinking they're successful, which is another conversation in itself, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, it's one of those things that I agree. I think there's, there's always been this thing of 
any kind of money numbers thing unless like you said the numbers sound super 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 great it's one of those things that is considered to be very taboo Mm -hmm. right um or or even just maybe you know there might be kind of that um that false belief of thinking well you know like you said well unless i'm making you know six figures you know minimum six figures a year uh you know no one's gonna look at my strategy as credible right um 100 and it's it's one of those things that I, like at least for me like i think it's one of those things that you have to look at who you're speaking to and knowing okay well what is my audience's goal like is it to make six figures a month doing you know um whatever kind of like sales online or is it just people who want to have you know a little bit of extra money to you know be able just to do a little bit more or help their family out a little bit more or whatever it is right like i i know i did a video on uh, I think it was like making money on Fiverr and I showed the actual numbers I was making. And in, well, in my opinion, they weren't anything astronomical. It was, this was like maybe three figures in a month, maybe four, but like, you know, it, it was That can be pretty meaningful though. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you kind of have to like, for someone, like, there's a big difference between zero and $500, right? So it's, it's one of those things that uh, I, I, think, I think it's going to be um, a hugely powerful podcast, you know? From, Thank you. From everything that I've seen you kind of putting together, right? Um, I've been fortunate enough to be kind of part of the beta group a little bit and, and see a little bit behind the behind the curtain. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to see what you put together with it for sure. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I think I just really, there's this whole keeping up with the Joneses environment that's been happening in this space. Um, and I think it's putting a lot of people in a lot of financial stress because mm. they feel like they have to um, invest in masterminds that are twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 that are meant for people who are making a certain level of income where that investment is a stretch, but it's not an uncomfortable position or puts them in a bad position. Um, there's people feeling like they have to go on really nice holidays to show their work from anywhere lifestyle and staying in places they can't afford. And it's it's all just like, we need to stop that because I, I've had conversations with people over dinner who are, you know, business entrepreneurs, they're sharing their income and then they're struggling to pay their rent because they have this pressure that they put on themselves to keep spending all this money. And it's just, it serves no one. Um, it makes people who are just stepping into this space feel like they have such a huge jump. And it makes people at the top feel like they have to consistently um, keep doing more and more. And it's just, that's not what it's about. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I hope if it can achieve even like a bit of that to remove that um, pressure, it'll be a goal achieved. Yeah. And, and I mean, with the people that you've been 
um, chatting to. I mean, I mean, hopefully it's you're gonna get, like you said, a little bit more of a a transparent look or an honest look at um, what finances in this space um, can look like for people, right? As opposed to just um, you know the the numbers that people are sharing in their in their marketing, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to kind of circle back to um, the summit that you just mentioned, which happened with, well, I, I, as of the time of this recording was last week, if I'm not mistaken. What is time? Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Last week. And, and I know Teachable has been making very, very, very big moves. Um, and one thing that I just kind of wanted to touch base on, because, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people doing this stuff now, but Teachable and, and everybody over there, you guys have been doing this stuff for a while now. Um, now, notably, uh, Gary V was one of the speakers at this summit. Um, has, has he been involved in, in anything at Teachable before? Or was this kind of like a very big, you know, headlining thing for everyone over there or how, like, how did, uh, how did that come about? Yeah, the, nope, that was the first, we were just as excited uh, as, as you probably were when you saw it. Um, nope, that, that was the first time um, I reached out to their team. We just started talking. Um, I mean, he has the most incredible, like people working with him and uh, it was just a conversation share this with the event that we're doing and um basically came down to like there was a few options obviously it could have been a keynote it could have been an interview um but i think the reason that people the, the value of like seeing the content that gary creates is that you have so many questions and so uh we came down on the idea of like we should just do a live q a and have audience questions in the chat be answered and i mean i don't know if you were on for that session it was it was hard there was there were so many questions. There's no way we could get through all of them, right. but um, it's just, it's also cool to see like all the different things that people are like thinking about or things that are top of mind, um, especially as more and more people are moving online. But yeah, it was, it was a really um, a cool, cool thing to have happen. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially as, you know, from, from what I know, of Gary V that he has a solid, solid, solid team of people. And he puts out a ridiculous amount of content. And uh, it, it, it's content that, you know, will get you to engage in some kind of way, whether on or offline. I, I just found myself with one of my best friends here talking about a, a clip that he had shared and it sparked like a, like an hour long conversation. Mm. Right. And it's, I, I, I feel that, that the podcast that you're putting together is going to be similar in the sense that one, I don't think, and, and you would probably know better um, with the, you know, with the market research you've done for it. Uh, I feel like it's not necessarily um, what a lot of other people are doing, you know, and it's, it's stuff that is going to have people, you know, come up with their opinions on it. 
right? Like even if, oh, should people be sharing these numbers? Should people be keeping it to themselves? Uh, you know, oh, is this how you should, you know, um, go about this particular financial issue and, and all of that? And I think, I think what you're putting together is definitely going to spark a lot of conversations and get a lot of engagement for sure. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I mean, the the thing that I stress the most about the show is like, this is not a financial tip podcast. There's so many other um, shows out there that are so valuable that share with you how to invest your money, things you should be doing, how to create a budget. Um, really, this is just like, it's not to show people that are good with money and show people that are bad with money. It's just to kind of lay out how different people are, are managing their finances. But it's, I think one of the reasons why maybe there isn't that many, um, this show isn't as common as like doing a tip show or an interview show like that is it's very hard to get people to, um, to share their finances because of course it's like, it's scary. You know, you don't know how people are going to judge you. You don't know, um, what people are going to think, but I think that the more people do it and we just kind of listen and learn without judgment, uh, hopefully the more people start to to talk about it more. Yeah. And, and, and not to mention too, it's, it's the, I think the more honest people are about this kind of thing, the, the, the more people are going to resonate with what people are sharing. You know what I mean? Because I think I, you know, we, it's, it's easy to forget that when someone has, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers on whichever platform that there's still a person who still has bills to pay, still has rent to pay, still has to buy groceries, still has to, you know, balance their books and, and, and all of that. And I think it kind of, it makes things seem a little bit more attainable for people who are kind of starting out or in the earlier stages or, or trying to make their way towards whatever that next step is, you know? Um, so, one of the things on this show I like to um, do is just answer some very um, beginner or intermediate level questions um, or seemingly simple questions that I think a lot of people just starting out um, ask themselves. So as someone who, A, has made a, a lot of content, you know, I know you've done a, just a bunch of different things content-wise, um, when it comes to building, let's say it's a podcast, right? Um, or, 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 or really anything where your, your, I guess your product is going to be content. How would, how do you, how would you go about marketing content? Cause I know right now using content to market is, you know, kind of all the rage right now, people are making um, content to lead back to something else. So if you wanted to market content, I, I don't know if you can, can you use content to market more content or, or, or what's your, your, your I mean, kind of your thought process? Yeah. I mean, look at Patreon. It's literally, you're creating your free YouTube videos to get people to pay for more YouTube videos, but on a gated community. Um, I mean, there's more to it than that. Uh, definitely. I think... Oh, this is a tricky one because I think the first thing I would start with is I would look at, and maybe this isn't necessarily like a beginner step, but it's definitely attainable. And I think you can do, you can Google it. You can kind of 
ask around or see what you're noticing on platforms. But I think it's very important to see what different social platforms are prioritizing for content. And mm. I think th this is just something that I personally do is I will turn on Instagram and I will scroll and I'll see what type of content am I seeing. And it feels like a month or two months ago, it was, I accidentally had the sound on my uh, phone turned on. And as I was scrolling, all these automatic videos started playing. And I was like, there's a lot more videos on Instagram now. Is it, or is that what they're prioritizing? And now when I go on Instagram, all I see is reels, everyone pointing and doing all of their stuff. And so yeah. I think it's important to like, don't climb up and hike a mountain where there's no, like there's nothing at the top. And I think, yes, you can push for sharing your content on platforms that you love, but think of like, where is your audience? And then when you look at that platform, what form of content are they prioritizing? And if you find that, I don't want to do reels. I don't want to learn how to dance and point and do all this stuff. How, and this is the kind of how versus if mentality, how can I use this existing framework and make it my own? Do I have to dance or could I do something different? Could I just have text? Could I do something to get people's attention uh, to get them to go somewhere else? Uh, you have to kind of think through that yourself, but the best way I think to grow is to just look at where is this market heading? And apparently 15 second music videos is <laughs> currently top of mind. Um, yeah. And then I think as far as content, it's also important to know like what is, if you are just starting out and you have a very small audience or you're looking to grow your audience, I think you need to sit back in their perspective and think like, if I were to be meeting me for the first time, what would catch my attention? And the mistake that I think a lot of people make, and this is just my perspective, is they go into this lifestyle content. They go into this about me content and vlogging, may not vlogging, but just showing their life because they see the larger YouTubers or larger creators do that. And then they're wondering why they're not getting traction. It's because people aren't invested in your journey yet. They don't know you yet. So to see someone just sharing their day is maybe not as interesting as someone that they know or someone that they're interested to kind of peek behind the curtain to see how they're living. And so it really just, I think, goes back to like, what is it that people will want to see? Actionable tips. Is it memorable content? Is it funny content? Um, but starting with that and testing out different formats. It's like, I wish there was like a blueprint that worked for everything, but really, I think what we as creators need to learn is not the tips, but rather the approach. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, you hear about this, like when you go to school, people teach you what to learn, not how to learn. Right. And I think it's learning the skill sets of not just creating great videos, but analyzing what is the market doing right now? What kind of content are people looking at? Um, testing out different things to see what my group of people, what do they engage with the most? If you start there, it'll look different for everyone, but I think that is probably going to be the most uh, impactful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, one point that you just made uh, that I think is super, super, super valuable for people to kind of grab onto is like you said, looking at where, where is your audience going, right? If, if your audience is super into Reddit, does it make sense for you to 
put so much effort into Instagram content? Maybe not, right? If if your um, you know if if your target audience is super invested in you know maybe it's I don't know where this would be, but if your audience is super invested in print media and they read magazines a lot, would it make sense for you to maybe get there? It might, right? I I um I was speaking to a friend of mine who does consulting, and one of the they were they were telling me that their their client targets um basically a lot of like high profile uh, CEOs and big decision makers in large companies. And they were really focused on getting their Instagram audience up. Right. And it was, and I was kind of saying to them, they'll, I mean, only the, they would, they would know from their market research, but is that where their high profile CEO eyes are going to be? If they want to get in front of more CEOs, is Instagram the best platform for that? Maybe it is, maybe it is. I don't know the, I haven't done enough research into that particular target audience, but it's like, you have to look at, okay, I'm got, I want to be in front of my target audience more so that they're familiar with me and I can start to build my brand, but I have to know where my target audience is as opposed to where the highest number of eyes are that makes sense for sure and sometimes that's not like we all have like our favorite platform they're like no like i want to grow my following on this because i like this is going to be great for credibility and it's like is it though like is that really what people that you're trying to speak to are like care about um but it's a it's a fine balance but yeah yeah no exactly exactly i um you know even even another person that i follow um uh, his his name is Graham Cochran. Um, not sure if you're familiar with him, but he he said that uh, you know he used to put a lot, a lot, a lot of time and investment into um, you know getting his emails looking super aesthetically pleasing, right? And then what he did one day, um, he said, "What if I literally just made it?" black text on a white background. Let me see if that will actually take away from it. Cause he was spending hours crafting his emails and making everything look super pretty across all, you know, email platforms. And he switched it to just white text or sorry, black text on a white background. And the engagement actually went up. And when he also did uh, uh, his, his feedback, um, he was finding, and, and this was the same thing with his website as well. He found that the, like when it actually came down to bottom line numbers, there was really arguably no impact on putting more time into this particular side of things. So it was almost like, well, why am I going to go and put through all this effort to not, for it to not actually get me anything other than maybe I think it looks better, right? If, so it's like, like you said, there is a fine balance because you want what you put out to be something that you feel comfortable putting out, right? But you also want it to serve your mission and serve your purpose too. So it's, it's, it's kind of that very interesting, uh, I guess, balancing juggling act, if you will. 
Yeah, it's I, I have seen people invest like $10,000 in a new website and they were, and this is why it's so important to consistently test and like look at like when you make any type of change, what was the impact? Um, because she had a, sorry, it was a sales page and she had a very just kind of older looking, not very modern looking sales page. It was very kind of DIY looking. She redesigned everything, spent so much money and she wrote an entire blog post on it. She's like, my conversions went down. People like wow. purchase more when it was the old one. And she's like, I'm not going to change it. But so it, it, it also, so if you think like your website is a little bit dated or you wish you could have these really fancy like graphics, doesn't necessarily mean that it's um, going to make you more successful. Yeah, exactly. And, and like you said, I think um, constantly testing things out and doing uh, maybe, maybe minor tweaks, right? So like maybe not invest in $10,000, right? But like, let me switch from a, from a regular font to a bold font for this particular piece of sales copy. Maybe that helps, maybe it doesn't, right? Um, but just always kind of switching it up, right? Like I know even me with the format of this podcast, I've gone from um, doing more kind of how-to content to um, having more conversations with other people like this to kind of see, okay, well, what does this actually look like with my engagement? Like, you know what I mean? Um, does it get more eyeballs or ear canals, whatever, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and even just comparing, okay, well, what gets more, what gets more views, audio content or video content? Right. And really kind of evaluating, okay, let me, cause, um, my whole thing is I'm like, okay, how can I get the highest efficiency with when it comes to content marketing? Because as I'm sure, you know, like creating content can be a lot. It can be a lot to kind of put it together. And especially if you want to optimize it for all the different platforms, cause they, they're all very different. You know what I mean? It's, uh, especially now with, you know, stuff like TikTok um, and, and Reels. And someone was just telling me, they're like, oh, do you do TikTok marketing? I'm like, they have TikTok marketing now. It's, oh. It's, it's, it's a very much a real thing that I think uh, I, I initially had, had discounted as I, I, I just thought, I'm like, oh, TikTok is just a bunch of young kids fooling around kind of as they do. Um, but it's, it's an extremely powerful marketing tool. And I know that's something else that Gary talks about a lot too. For sure. Yeah. No, TikTok. I know people that are like, they, they, they do have content on TikTok marketing and it's again, looking at different industries, everyone discounts one of the biggest apps just because a certain demographic is using it, but it's like, well, maybe there's something here, but it, I, I think there is a fine line between, um, utilizing a platform in a unique way to make it your own and your content your own and hopping on a bandwagon and just doing like all these like TikTok dances um, when it really isn't your personality, it really isn't your, your, your brand and feeling like you have to do it because all these kids are doing it. So you're like, well, now I need to learn how to dance. Um, right. <laughs> I think there's a fine line, like making something still you. Um, but yeah, there's some interesting things happening in that space. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, 
like there, there's so many people who use it in, in a very interesting way. Like even um, you have like a lot of like one thing that I, I thought was really cool. The way they've kind of put this together is uh, I don't know if you watch it, but some of the, um, the verses content, which I think is on Instagram. So they'll have, it started off with, um, with these two producers, uh, Timbaland and Swift Beats. And they did, they kind of played some of their greatest hits. And it was kind of like this, like battle of the bands kind of content. And then they started getting other people go against each other. And, and oh, right. they were getting ridiculous numbers and they, they were almost made this, made this TV show before social media in a live environment just by trying something once and sawing and seeing how much engagement it got and then all like a lot of big names a lot of big names were were on there but the one of my favorites was the t-pain versus low john one it was it was it was super cool to watch oh i need to check this out i have been missing out apparently i'm like i'm like how have you not seen these these are everywhere (laughs) that no it was this has been going on for pretty much all of the uh of the uh quarantine season if you will um they've 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 had a lot of them and it's it's really cool and it was a cool way for people who maybe aren't super versed on a lot of the new digital media and the and the newer social media platforms to be able to utilize its viability as a platform but doing it in a way that feels like them, like, 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 like you're saying. Right. And I think, I think that's, that's kind of the key. It's just finding a way to be true to who you are as a person and who your brand is. Um, but not being afraid to utilize some of the new platforms. Right. For sure. Awesome. Um, before we kind of wrap things up, uh, I wanted to know, it, apart from the podcast that you're putting together, uh, what else you know do you have going on? What else are you working on that you know um, maybe this, uh, maybe you want to like shamelessly plug here, or, or what 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 do you want people to um, check out with regards to things that you have going on? I think, I mean, the podcast is the biggest one. I mean, I'm at Jessica Tour on uh, Instagram. Uh, ironically, no, uh, no reels yet. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I feel, I feel like they're coming. Dancers, I'm since the uh, age of three. It's, it's one of those things where I'm just like naturally resistant for no good reason. I'm just like, no, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> watching the reels, but I don't know if I'm going to be the one doing them, but I say that now, it'll probably change. Uh, yeah, or jesscouture.com. Um, and I, I just think, I think just like to end, like, it, like I said, like I've been in this space for, from first being a content creator to then expanding into working with a platform and some really incredible um, content creators as well. And I, I feel like if there's like one mission in life that I have, it's for people to know that they are enough. And I can't tell you how many talented people that I come across at conferences, people who like reach out to us who want to create this content, but they hold themselves back because they feel like there is a certain box or a blueprint or a look or a like skill set that they need to have in order to do this. And 
it's so frustrating because there's like, if you think to how many like videos that have changed your life, like creators or speakers that have completely changed the way that you look at things, if they had held back their content because they were afraid of what people would have thought of them, or they were afraid that their early YouTube video quality wasn't as high quality as what they think it should be, we would have so much less content that has been so impactful in our lives. And so I just hope that people realize that if they have this gut feeling of, I know there, even if this helps like five or 10 people, or there's something there that I want to get out, at least give yourself a chance to see if this is something that you want to do to see what this could, could look like. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's like that. Um, if you've ever heard of the, I'll be happy when syndrome, um, this is almost like, I'll put it out when syndrome, right? It's like, I'll put it out when I uh, have the, the, the right camera, when I have the right microphone, when I have the right background, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely one thing that I, I would want to get out to everybody as well too, that there, there is no right way to do this. It's, it's really whatever you make it. And like you said, if there, if it's going to provide something, whether it's value, entertainment, uh, whatever it is, to at least somebody or a handful of people, then it's 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 a, it's a good idea to put it out for sure. Yeah. But uh, Jess, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today jumping on the podcast. I know you are, uh, as one of my friends, so it's very booked and busy. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm super thankful that uh, we were able to uh, kind of catch up and, and you know, really dive into a lot of really, really powerful concepts. And I will be sure to link uh, all of your handles, links, um, the podcast once it comes out. Um, we'll link to that as well. Um, and any final words for everybody watching and listening? Just no, thank you for having me. This was like so much fun. It's been, um, so like great to see all the stuff that you're doing. Um, and so no, it was like an honor to be on here. So I appreciate it. Thanks Jess. Everybody, I will see you guys on the next Video. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it and found it valuable. If you're curious on how to create content like this or any kind of video content, either for yourself or as a service to others, I want to give you access to my video editing course, Editing Enhanced. This course is designed to help you get better at editing video content and to take your video editing skills to the next level. Whether you're a complete beginner and just need to understand the basics, or you're pretty confident with editing and want to take things up a notch, this course will have lots for you to take advantage of. Now, there may or may not be a discount code in the description and show notes for this episode, so be sure to have a look out for that and head on over to starta.ca slash editing enhanced to get access to the course. Thanks again for tuning in, and I will see you again on the next episode.